smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hi i am avinav call and welcome to this edition of why not mint money podcast indian mutual funds focusing on china and taiwan have fallen up to 30% on a yearly basis recently tensions between china and taiwan are spiking over a visit by the us house of representatives speaker nancy pelosi China has been considered the factory of the world and Taiwan is a major exporter of electronics products. Today we have with us Praveen Bajpai, founder of Finfix Research Analytics and we will talk about why these funds have fallen drastically over the past year, their outlook given the recent geopolitical tensions and the best strategy for global diversification at this point. Let's listen in. Hi. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money. a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey my first question is we have seen earlier investors were looking at only the us now they are venturing into other markets china europe and recently taiwan based funds have come does a global diversification beyond the us make sense so i think the answer is uh, theoretically yes uh, it does make sense so let's look at the investment canvas that we have so if we exclude indian markets uh, then we have a 96 to 97% of the investment canvas which is outside it and out of that uh, about 50% uh, would be the us because you know it captures about 50% of the overall global market cap and uh, we still have a huge uh, segment where we have other geographies which do obviously offer a lot of potential so there is opportunity there are varied industries and sectors uh, which are offered by uh, other countries uh, but i think abhinav the point is that in india uh, we are still at a point where uh, investing outside india is a comparatively recent concept and not many are still doing it they i think we are in a way nascent stage where people are gradually now uh, you know trying to take let's say small steps and probably move to uh, more developed uh, geographies such as the us some exposure but if you look at uh, the overall figures in terms of aum it would be a very minuscule part of the overall aum that we still have as an industry So I think moving uh, beyond the US would only be for those people who have uh, you know been investing at least in the US markets for some time and then are now ready for the next step of investing outside India and uh, also I think the idea to invest outside US depends on which fund are they currently investing in because even a lot of US based funds are uh, maybe giving them some exposure to other geographies Uh, for example the hdfc uh, the developed market index uh, that itself gives exposure to about 23 developed markets then you have the perey asset new york uh, stock exchange the fang plus which had about 20% exposure uh, to you know china with about two companies there in the index so i think uh, uh, the first step for investors is to probably invest in the us uh, outside india and if they are looking to invest beyond that there is merit but i think it depends on individual uh, profile of the investor and where are they exactly investing in a fund in us 
so in the recent past we have seen uh, some funds have come up which are to focusing on china and taiwan but they are down around 30% on a yearly basis and when we compare it with dow jones which is down around 10% and we look at india which is up around 8% uh, what is the reason that these country specific funds are down so much Okay, so I think uh, the data that you've given is actually interesting because that's the basic premise of investing outside that you're looking at diversification. And when we say diversification, it is also because different markets actually perform at different points in time. So you know the data that you've shown actually shows that yeah, uh, in this current phase, it's not the Chinese or the uh, you know uh, markets in Taiwan which are actually performing, and there's uh, reasons to it. And I'll give you a little background here. Now, if we look at the markets, uh, just let's look at 2020. Uh, we saw Taiwan was strong with about 20-23 percent returns. Uh, China was about 13-14 percent returns, and Hansing was slightly down. And this was the phase uh, towards the end of 2020 uh, when the clampdown by uh, you know Chinese authorities on the tech giants actually started, and the first incident was the. Uh, the ant group the fintech arm of alibaba uh, which saw its you know high profile ipo uh, in shanghai and uh, hong kong which was suspended by the regulators so that was the first jolt and in 2021 we saw many more tech companies in china uh, which were uh, you know which became casualties of the uh, let's say the storm uh, the regulatory storm which was happening in china and uh, uh, very prominent names like uh, didi which was uh, you know it's like the counterpart of let's say uber uh, then we have um, uh, metuan which is a very famous food delivery platform it was charged with antitrust probe and fined with like 500 million and we had issues against didi for violation of cyber security so we had a lot of issues uh, overall abinav in china uh, because the regulators were really uh, you know looking to sort of downsize the power i think which these companies had gained because if you look at alibaba and tencent alone they were about 800 billion uh, in market cap at their peak and somewhere any sort of uh, power emergence beyond a point i think doesn't go well with the authorities uh, in mainland china so that was the reason for the not good performance in about 2021 where we saw the chinese economy just you know inching up by about 3-4% and of course hang seng was down by about 13-14% but still uh, taiwan kept doing well because taiwan was broadly insulated and we saw the whole uh, you know the shortage of the chips and i think which kept the time uh, markets in taiwan up so they were again up in 2021 by about 23 24% now let's come to 2022 so i think this is the year which has caused a lot of trouble for all the whole region as such uh the first one being now up in our hair that uh 2022 has broadly started with uh you know the uh fear of increasing inflation uh interest rate hikes and i think indices geographically across in fact uh the globe are witnessing a sharp correction and dow jones of course you know represents the us economy too uh and then we've seen that now uh you know the russia ukraine crisis uh again caused a bit of disruption and now is the third event where we're seeing the heightened tension between China and Taiwan with uh, you know these military exercises being done by China and Taiwan uh, doing its own uh, part so i think broadly 
uh, despite of the fact that the Chinese authority is now looking to support the tech sector and is saying that you know we are going to ease and they're looking at some stimulus uh, to the Chinese markets. I think the current tension is now causing the pain, and in 2022 we've seen Taiwan down by about 17 percent. Also because Taiwan broadly represents a lot of tech sector, and that is one sector where uh, you know the risk of high interest rates sort of weighs much more, and uh, the tech sector accounts for actually about 60 70 percent of the Taiwan index, uh, MSCI index. So I think the correction is natural, and plus the heightened tension between these uh, the overall region. So that's the reason why there has been an underperformance. So you know, it's not just like this year; it's been there, and of course, we still have certain risk as to uh, the real estate sector in China and other issues. So uh, that's probably the reason for the underperformance. Right, and you talked about heightened tensions between China and Taiwan. What risk investors face from this situation, and can they expect more pain in these funds? Uh, so I think uh, uh, you know, Abhinav. Now this is a situation which is really, really hard to uh, say that what is really in store. Probably, if we were talking last year, we would have totally ruled out any sort of invasion or you know uh, any escalation in military uh, format. But I think since we've now seen that Russia and Ukraine are already at war, and you know we are coexisting with two countries at war, uh, we cannot totally rule out the fact that China may. Go and do something, and you know, look at uh, more. Let's say getting Taiwan under its control. So, uh, the I think the growing military capabilities and the aggressiveness that it has shown, and the deterioration in the relationships, uh, can spark a conflict. And with uh, these economies, a uh, U.S. economy dominates 25% of the global economy. China, uh, China itself is one fifth of the global economy. So, if you have These two major superpowers in any sort of conflict, I think uh, Abhinav, of course, uh, you know there is more pain in store then, not only for the markets in that region, but then globally. And uh, if we just you know sort of go back and see how US has been, there was a time when you know it was said that when the US sneezes, the world catches a cold. And I think this uh, uh, traditional aphorism should. Has been in fact changed to that when China seizes the world catches a cold and this we saw uh, somewhere literally as well as uh, uh, you know in the metaphor form of course it's there and economically uh, that the COVID has already proved it so I think China is a very important economy as far as uh, the overall global economy is concerned because it is one of the engines of global growth now it is not uh, the US alone and. Um, If any sort of uh, escalation is there between, I think these uh, uh, Taiwan and China, and even to some extent, if uh, you know US is involved, and of course, if two economies are in any sort of conflict, we will see uh, damage uh, being done. Maybe it's a you know temporary thing, but we will of course see that happening in the markets. All right. Also, given the context of China Taiwan tensions, uh, inflation, persistent inflation. Fed rate hikes and even Russia and Ukraine at war. What would be the best approach towards global diversification right now? And given like many of the funds are not accepting new uh, investments. So, uh, global diversification has its own merits. And uh, today, uh, there is trouble in this region. There may be 
some trouble in other region you know i think the nature of the problems keep changing there will always be something or the other which affects the market somehow so i think first the point which i think we need to establish is that yes global diversification has its merits now which geography do you start with i think that's uh, the first question uh, which investors need to understand so i think little lesser experimentation is better here go with a developed market i think they have that sort of a capability uh, to manage their economies even in times of uh, situations which are pretty uh, stressful and then there is transparency uh, there is a lesser regulatory risk about which i would say which we see in this region the greater china region so i feel starting off with us markets is a good idea but of course we have limited funds uh, as you said so and a very good opportunity of investing in the us markets has actually uh, you know we sort of uh, missed it because the restrictions were there in the rbi limits were not extended so i think still the options which are available to us are the broader indices uh, in the us uh, be it nasdaq and we have the other funds uh, the total market index fund and we still have the option to invest in the s&p top 50 uh you know about 2 lakhs per day per pan can be done so sip is not possible but i think some exposure to the broader indices in us still makes sense and the percentage allocation to one's uh, portfolio uh, has to be you know uh, decided on the basis of their own risk appetite and what is their goal and objective but uh, uh, number one is that when you're investing uh, outside country Uh, you have to understand the risks which are involved and currently the currency is uh, slightly against us because the rupee has already depreciated and as an indian investor we uh, gain a lot when the rupee depreciates during our investment tenure but uh, if it's you know depreciated decent enough right at the beginning uh, this and rupee appreciates later let's say a year from now then it would play negative for an indian investor so i think that needs to be understood and for moving beyond uh, us i think the greater china region is a good spot but only for investors who understand that there is political risk there is uh, economic risk and there is regulatory risk that is involved but there are great companies even in this region uh, right from taiwan to china and uh, some exposure can be taken but i would say it should be more of a tactical call for savvy investors rather than for everybody i don't think that this region is uh, meant for everybody i think it should be uh, more after understanding your own risk appetite and what is in store thank you for talking to us thank you that's it for today if you have any questions you can write to us at mintmoney@ritlyman.com if you want me to cover any specific topic dm me at @abhinavkaul at twitter To stay updated on this podcast, follow HD Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nai nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.